the ATP tour in itself is it's important. It's important to you think any so? any tennis tennis fan. How do you so <laughs> we should open this up yeah. answering a question that a lot of people have. Maybe not a lot of people who listen, but a lot of people have yeah. about how you watch Wimbledon and get all the matches oh. in the US. Mm-hmm. You use ESPN plus. Yeah, I you got ESPN not, plus. Do not use if somebody is telling you, dear listener, to buy a VPN and use BBC iPlayer, don't do that. <laughs> Wait, stupid. really? It costs more. I've heard a bunch of people like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get a VPN and use BBC iPlayer. Don't do that. You get the same exact coverage. It's actually a lot cheaper. Oh, it's ESPN only $5 Plus. a month it's and $5 you can cancel whenever. And you can cancel whenever you want. Mm-hmm. It's cr- And I'm not even like endorsing it. Like if you live in someplace where you can't get ESPN Plus, like you know, South America or the Middle East or Africa or the remote Pacific Islands or somewhere <laughs> like that, then use a VPN, but you're going to have bandwidth problems. You're not going to yeah. be able to watch it anyway. The thing <laughs> is that, which people don't, most people aren't aware of, is that VPNs aren't contractually obligated to, to give you let good you, bandwidth. No, not to give you good bandwidth, but to let you watch things out of a licensed area. And they're not going to let you if they find oh. out. So you're streaming gigs of data like yeah. um per hour over a VPN. Yeah. The VPN doesn't have to let you do that. And they're <laughs> not going to let you do it because it's actually technically illegal for them to stream that to you. So huh. they're going to shut it down. That's what happens all the time. But but you see people who are still thinking that the best way to watch it is over the BBC iPlayer with a VPN. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. <laughs> it's just like it doesn't make any sense to me why it's actually irresponsible to suggest that because you're going to get outages. You're doing something that's like, it's technically because we're in the U S it's mm-hmm. technically illegal. If you were in like, again, like one of those continents or regions that I named, it would be, it would AKA be illegal. not the United States, not the United States. Mm-hmm. If you're in, if you're in probably even most of Europe, it's still illegal to stream over BBC iPlayer. And it's not like they're going to prosecute you. What is BBC iPlayer? It's the BBC's f- coverage of coverage application to watch Wimbledon. Okay. Um, but the big issue is that like there's no contractual obligation for a VPN to let you to hide your IP so that you can watch things mm-hmm. out of region. So if a VPN provider finds that, and they're expressly a VPN provider, like for example, ExpressVPN. They're not going to let you use up all their bandwidth. They're going to either throttle you or disconnect. Oh yeah, because they they can only purchase a certain amount of bandwidth. Well, or they, they they probably have or a certain amount of data. They yeah, well, the, they can get as much data as they want, but they probably do have like some kind of limitation on bandwidth. Except it's going to be like ten or something more ridiculous, than ten gigabytes. It's not yeah. going to be like an issue. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be fast but you're not going to slow down their whole network by streaming yeah but they they're not going to also let you basically consume a disproportionate amount of resources to stream something that you can use espn plus to stream or something like that that you have you have a provider and then on top of it when you actually opt in to use one of those vpns you're opting into their rule set so you're not letting your they they're gonna when you check the agree box you're basically agreeing that you're not gonna stream things like that yeah so but then you go anyway and some people get away with it and other people don't so it's just and how do they do it they just shut it down 
basically. Yeah, you'll just you'll just a pop up will appear that's like you're watching this from a uh, location that's not allowed or something like that. Huh. Interesting. So they'll just basically kick you from the VPN until you stop the stream, and you after they find it, they're not. It's not like you're going to be able to get on again. It's not just like a reload. Even in <laughs> even in those those con- continents and regions that I named, like South America, Africa, and the Middle East, mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense to use a better site because you yeah. can use that there legally than to use a VPN. I mean, a VPN is perfectly legal for many of those places. Yeah. But the better sites are free. You don't have to pay for the VPN. The The, the main point here is the VPN is actually more expensive. Yeah. The VPN is like $10 a month. Yeah. So ESPN Plus is only $5. It's only $5 a month. So I hope that answers anybody's questions it's definitely not bad to buy it and you can cancel after the month is up yeah but i'm not like you know a, sh- a shill for that our producer would be really <laughs> mad right now oh yeah our producer would not be happy especially no. since our producer provides all our content for us and then we steal it from her yeah she no. would be upset we're basically just puppets oh yeah everything that we need to um everything <laughs> that we have done that's offensive controversial anything like that <laughs> that is all on the shoulders of our producer who yeah we're not us to say those kinds of things yeah the we'll see what happens is is we always have these little discussions beforehand and our producer is sometimes there for those and we just go oh we're gonna use all of that we're gonna use it make yeah. it offensive she's the one who's, who's oh that's right oh, oh never mind i take that back <laughs> agenda it's yeah not us we're we're good. We're we're the, we're the good ones. I'm the grand arbiter of tennis knowledge. I know, and I I'm I'm a really nice person. Who only <laughs> says nice things. <laughs> if I didn't have words fed to me, yeah, we actually just have. Well, we don't have anything in our ears because you know we're podcasting and we got to hear each other. We just have. We actually have neural implants that just play words across our eyes. Yeah, of exactly what we need to say. Ugh. <laughs> just to make sure we say the right and most controversial things well there's not really a lot of controversial things to talk about today so we're gonna oh no not really at all yeah that was uh it was fairly straightforward so this is kind of this is what happened at the french open we talked about this a little bit where it was really routine at first and it seemed to be routine throughout the entire tournament and then rafa ended up winning the tournament Big surprise, right? It was like a repeat of last year. Yeah. But almost it, like even thing, still, thing. like there was almost no upsets at the French Open, I feel like. Not nothing big. I, I I'm fairly certain we talked about it on the podcast where like the first two rounds, nothing really big that happened happened. And then kind of when you get to the fourth round, you're at the point where these players, they're usually ranked playing each other. And, you know, if one beats the other, is it an upset? I don't know. You tell me. Based on the number, maybe. Yeah, you know it was what like I mean? All ranked players in the final. Yeah. Dominic beating Novak at the French Open. Mm-hmm. Not surprising. A little bit surprising for some people, but yeah. really not that surprising. No, no. When you look at the quality of how good both of those players are, and then Dominic especially coming out on clay. Yeah. But at this tournament, it's, it kind of seems that way, except dribbled here and there yeah well i mean dominic winning yeah. would have been a little minor upset con- considering that he's never got through the first he's only got through the first round once in his wimbledon career before yeah so uh, yeah but he i'm still gonna say that wasn't ups- i'm still gonna say that's an upset it's a little bit query winning is that an upset the thing I, the that thing is a I, tough first round the that's thing a tough I first hate round about yeah. query 
I like Query like as a as as a player and as like a personality and all that stuff. But the thing I hate about him is that he is on like a he's just on a mission on a mission to take all my players out of the tournament. He he's, must have listened to the podcast. He's up he's up against Rublev next. Oh yeah. Oh no, I there forgot to tell no you he way. called me. He called me actually. And you were like and he was like, How can I orchestrate this draw because I have that power to make Tad as upset as possible? And, and I said, Oh, you play possible. Dominic the first round. I said and you gotta beat Rublev, him like bad. And then played Danil in the third yeah. round. And you gotta and beat that's him. That's gonna ugh that's just gonna k- kill me. But so Rublev's still in it, mm-hmm. but he's not gonna be in it after tomorrow. And then Danil. He's not on he's not on track for Danil. Danil is Danil is playing really well too, anyway, which is what I would, I'd put that. But uh, let's kind of run through some of the matches today. Uh, Novak, you said he's playing really well. I did not get to watch the match. Novak, but... that was such an entertaining match, even though it was so routine. Mm-hmm. Both the players played really well. It was really short too, so I'm going to go back and watch it. Actually, it was only yeah. an hour and a half. So. Yeah, it was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Kudla, a good player too. He's played a couple big names here before in the past. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but he, he never, he never, really, yeah, it never gets through. He's always like an entertaining player to watch. Again, yeah. like really, really g- great personality mm-hmm. um, and engaging and fun. And they like him in England for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why for some reason he's like Polish or something. So I don't understand it. <laughs> but anyway, he, um, I mean, he's, a, he's, he's obviously our producer American. doesn't understand it. You mean our producer doesn't, understand therefore it. you don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand why anyone would like a poll. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> my my grandmother's last it, name was Brzezinski, so it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay. okay. It was the French last tournament, and we were at the, at the French Open. Now, for some reason, it's the polls. But yeah. even though we're in London, <laughs> keep going though. Um, no, well, so Kudla, there were a lot of entertaining rallies. There was at one point Novak hit a tweener. He doesn't normally hit tweeners. No, and. And then Kudla, and he hit it in. He hit, he hit like a like a sharp angled tweener at the net, mm-hmm. and it landed right on the line. And then Kudla hit sort of around the net post kind of shot, yeah, and won the point on that. And Novak was like, "Oh wow, I'm never going to hit a tweener again in my life." <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm sure, I looked stupid doing that. Mm-hmm. Novak, how, was oh still yeah, how so did it solid. look? No, it looked it looked perfect. It yeah. was like a it was like perfect call superb yeah he was so smooth about it he just walked up and it was really disguised yeah so he acted like he was gonna you know just hit down the line and said he went cross court short angle tweener yeah it was like beautiful but kudla got to it kudla was standing there ready for it basically yeah wasn't no but novak was already you know up like i think at that point like four one in the mm-hmm. third set after winning the first set six three and the second set six two so yeah he was like, cruising he was cruising but it was entertaining so yeah. it wasn't like just a blowout it was definitely mm-hmm. a match with a score line that belays the quality of the play mm-hmm. um that's that was one that i watched that was entertaining Kachanov was pretty good yeah i i, I was surprised i watched a little bit of daniel daniel's match was he was just playing. That was a very good match for him. I mean, I mean, not as like as Popperin. Yeah, not well. In the beginning, it was really close. Yeah, it was really close. But I, I was watching, and I said, I think Daniil's playing really well. He seems to be approaching. He's really aggressive too, and just the way he, he thumps the ball. Absolutely. Do you think so? I don't think of him. I think he's more of like, like a massager. Wait, really... wait until he gets when he gets that forehand. When yeah. he gets that forehand, he really thumps that forehand. But, but for the out. majority of for the majority of points. Yeah. He's he's somebody who who rallies and he rallies kind of slowly and he okay. just he just moves around a lot. Mm-hmm. 
that was that's one of the reasons why he's so successful. That's why a lot of people think he's so successful. Why he's more successful than any of the other players who everybody's like, oh, they're so much more who, who get a lot more attention. Yeah, like Sitsipas and Shapovalov and Nick Zverev, Nick Kyrgios. If you look at like tour winnings, I think that Sitsipas has more this year. But Dennis had not Dennis. Sorry, not Dennis. Danil. Danil had. Danil had probably the most on tour last year mm-hmm. for that age group for that well for that age group or that that batch of players that people kind of put together no i think he, like overall on tour he because he played the most the, the most tournaments he was behind like novak or something like oh that. wow yeah, that's incredible he, he, he was he was really really high up mm-hmm. and then this year i think sitsipas is the leader um the reason obviously being is he plays more tournaments than Novak does. So yeah. they're not on like a hot streak or anything, but yeah. he's got like 27 and then Danil has got like 26. Danil actually might have more right now. Okay. So that's pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Their percentage isn't what I mean. In, in other words, is that their percentage isn't as high as Novak's percentage. Yeah. But they're, and like Dominic's percentage is actually rather low this year, even though he normally is is a is a tour leader. Yeah, he usually plays a lot of. Tour- he's notoriously known for playing almost every week of the year, pretty much. But he's he played a he played a smart year this year after dropping Gunter. Um, he's played less tournaments and he's done really well in the same tournaments that he did well in last year, which is he's important. Equal result or better. Yeah. At all, at all the tournaments that he was in that, I can't wait to see him play at the Australian at the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. But. I'm excited for the. Um, who does the coverage for the tune-up events? Is it ESPN? For the uh, Tennis Channel has ATP Tennis Channel and ATP TV. Tennis Channel, if you want to watch WTA matches and ATP matches, and ATP TV, if you just want really good coverage of the ATP. But ATP ATP TV is, I think, ten dollars, eight dollars a month. Maybe, maybe I might get ATP TV. I've talked. To, I said it before. I, I kind of want ATP TV. I think but, it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, think it might be even more than that. They might only have yearly subscriptions. Okay. ESPN also, the the coverage for those events is more complicated than the coverage for yeah. Grand Slams. Grand Slam coverage is almost always They just exclusive. sell it to, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the regions get a provider that can cover all the matches. Mm-hmm. Um, the French Open, for example, like Tennis Channel has all the outside, all the, actually, they have, I think they have all of the courts, mm-hmm. I'm not positive, for Roland Garros, but I, I'm, I'm, I want to say that they only have non-center court courts, but they have all the non-center court courts. Okay. It's still not nearly as comprehensive or, or high quality as ESPN's ESPN. coverage it's not close it doesn't yeah. even compare they, they they shouldn't even be a broadcaster I'm I honestly <laughs> I think that even though I'm always like oh I'm okay with attention now I just despise this the service I think it's terrible yeah just not quality enough it's awful it's it's so it's incredibly unprofessional ESPN's easy to navigate like ESPN plus I bought it real quick I can get every single match that I want to watch uh, and all the quality is really good it streams really well so that's all that I need really but it's also not expensive, which is important. Yeah. yeah. And the big upset, though, there was a big upset today. Opelka. Opelka versus Stan the Man. I was a little sad about that. I'm, I'm, I'm always sad when, when I a love big server Stan. wins 
an upset over an entertaining player mm-hmm. and a well-loved player yeah at a grand slam stan has turned himself into a well-loved player yeah people used to dislike him i used to be one of those people yeah i used to be uh stan mm-hmm. i like stan now i don't know what it is he's so likable he's just an incredible player too the fact that what he can do with his backhand is just that's just one of those strokes where he can hurt you from anywhere on the court and hit a winner from anywhere on the court, which is pretty incredible to have. It's that's difficult. Not every player has that. Like every player can hit a winner from anywhere, but something where he can be routinely out of position and you have to be routinely worried about the fact that he actually might hit a winner on me and has a pretty decent percentage chance to hit a winner on me here. Yeah. He's just got such a ridiculous mm-hmm. and powerful backhand. It's not, yeah. I'm sure it's, it's so frustrating for people when they're playing against him, but it's also like one of those, one of those, I saw Stan play live and I saw him actually lose. Um, uh, who did he lose to? It was at city open last year. Mm-hmm. However, he was still hitting ridiculous shots. It was, it was right at the beginning of his comeback. Of his comeback. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely a, a draw ticket sale. Yeah. Stan is, uh, and I got a picture with him. He was really nice. Yeah. He waited around for me to get a picture with him. I'm he was walking into the locker I'm room. I'm Stan. I don't know how he talks. He's got a really high... I know he pronounces V's as W's and W's as V's. That's all <laughs> I, can, I can tell you. I'm Stan Vavrinka. Yeah, Vavrinka. Vavrinka. And but... I know he grew up on a funny farm. <laughs> I don't think that's the politically appropriate term to use for it. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, it's like a rehab facility for people with, you know... Um, with like who are recovering from ailments. So yeah, definitely not, ailments. definitely not the politically correct <laughs> word. <laughs> well, I'm glad we confirmed I don't think that using the term politically correct is even politically appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately for Stan today, the story of that match was just the similar thing that happened to Dominic in that what was it second set that he lost where you're just playing a big server and what happens is you might create a bunch of opportunities they're able to bail themselves out with their serve and then once or twice you just slip up on a service game and they're able to just get in there and go okay let me just get this break and then what do you do how do you get back out of that the percentage that you're going to win the serve serve game anyway is already low yeah, it's you know one I mean? of the least entertaining things about Wimbledon. I'm not a, I'm not really typically a fan of that style of play. But I don't think anyone actually is. Yeah. I, I, there are people who 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 are just so diehard fans of the personalities of these players and of just tall people in general <laughs> that they um I guess I'm not tall enough. Well, they that you have to be a radical fan of yeah. height. <laughs> <laughs> because they're all tall, but you have to be a fan of the tallest. Yeah. And, and the, Riley Opelka is super tall. Seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just can't imagine how demoralizing that is. To Because it's not just the fact that like, you, you can just look over at the court, and every single time you look over at him, you go, oh, well, I mean, he's he, all, he pretty much has a serve. Like, There's no way around. He's going to yeah. have a serve every single one, too. It's not like a... So Fed hits his spots, and he's one of the best aces on tour. Like he's one of the best acers in history. He is the most ace, one of the most aces ever. But 
you can i i mean again this is i'd imagine like someone like novak could really start to kind of when you get deeper into match kind of start figuring out get a good read on it so he can kind of get into more points that's different than going up against someone who's seven feet tall and can just go yeah let me hit 135 mile an hour serve here well the the solution for that is uh, is pretty clear obviously what stan needs to do is go and drill returns against a player who can hit serves like that ten thousand times you know <laughs> i'm serious like no i know that's but that's to do yeah that's what you have that's to what do they but all have to do if they're going to be playing against players like that mm-hmm. i'm so sick of seeing players that are better in every element except for serving lose a match so why don't why don't they just get better? So they know they're gonna it's gonna improve their game against everyone. Yeah, everybody serves well. It's just that some of these guys serve so well. So serve against serve against people like that. And if you can't get a player that serves that well, if you can't mm-hmm. emulate it, get a machine that does it. Yeah, you know the grace that is afforded them from their height. If if you don't play a lot of tennis, it's it's something that I can't even conceptualize because I have a de- I have a fairly decent serve. You do have a good serve. Yeah, just to flex a little bit. But again, not my career. Yeah. I can never imagine what it's like to be given. I'm like six one, six two, to be given ten extra inches, yeah, of reach that. to hit down onto the court. They're essentially. It's almost. I. I'm sure we could actually mathematically figure this out if we wanted to, but it'd be like me standing probably several feet inside the baseline serving. That's how much net clearance I'm then yeah. essentially given. Which yeah, we, we could you could use some. I don't know. There's probably some kind of some kind of system that you geometry. Use to model that geometry. <laughs> it's trigonometry for that one, but I'm not sure. Triangulation and stuff. It seems like <laughs> GPS. G- well, I mean, make it as complicated as possible. Way we could do is probably with radar. And oh, look at serve speeds and stuff. And I mean, you were the angle it's coming from. Yeah, I mean, you were trying to make it simple. I was just trying to make it oh, as complicated as possible. Yeah, Would you use GPS to do that. GPS triangulation. (laughs) (laughs) We could do that. But yeah, no, it's unfortunate because I really wanted to see Stan win this match, actually. Because this, and look, look at these score lines here. So he lost, I mean, he got broken too, 7-5. And he broke him in the second and third set to win it 6-3, 6-4. And what I'm used to seeing, and this, I guess kind of just shows how unfortunate it was for Stan to kind of, and, and good job by Riley also to really get in those service games because he had probably more break chances and he did break. So seven, five, six, four, eight, six were the sets that he won. So he had more break chances than you normally see in that type of match where yeah. you'll normally see that match go to tie break, tie break, tie break, tie break. That's usually That's the theme that you get. Um, well, that just means, yeah. So Opelka, Opelka does return a little bit better mm-hmm. than some of the than the other super tall guy. I mean, he he beat John Isner this year, and he he's returning somebody who serves as big as he does. So, mm-hmm. if not bigger, yeah. I mean, Isner is famous for his serve. Yeah. Well, I wonder if they're going to play. I I forget what sides the draw. If they're in the same side of the draw, that's I, at least they limited. They did institute that. I think it's like a. 12 game is it a 12 game yeah limit? it's a 12 all 12 all 12 all and then they play a tiebreaker and then they play a tiebreaker and then do they play a 10 point tiebreaker do they play a seven point tiebreaker i'm not sure i'd imagine that i'd imagine it'd be seven though 
I would say seven seems about right because it's an, it's just another tiebreaker in the match to me. You've already gone to 12 games if you're going to. Yeah. It seems weird to, to go, yeah, you normally play this normal tiebreaker at seven, six and then change it to a 10 point tiebreaker just because. Yeah. Like it's the fifth set. You know what I mean? You're already compromising by make, making it a tiebreaker anyway. And you've compromised it up to 12 all, which I don't know how they got to that number. That that's a weird one to me. Where um, if you if you let it go to a tiebreaker, right? The U.S. Yeah. Open just does tiebreaker at they just do tiebreaker the whole time. So at six all, you just go to a tiebreaker. Yeah, but they well because they they wanted to. I kind of like it because they're still keeping that sort of epic final set. Yeah, no, I kind of like it too. It's just the no, tiebreaker can still go to you know a million points if it has to. Yeah, no. So what I'm saying is I. I wonder, like, in that meeting, how did they just decide, like, 12 all? Like, is that a good number? Yeah, that seems like a good number. You know, is that how that conversation went? Because I don't know what the right number would be to to make it. Like, is it 10 all? Is it 12 all? Or did they just assume, like, okay, 6 all, basically they play another set. Maybe that was yeah. actually what they did. If they play another set, then they can play a tiebreaker. But, yeah, I don't know what that conversation was like, obviously. They're dubbing it the John Isner rule, which, I mean, I guess <laughs> if you're going to play two two of the longest matches in Wimbledon history, yeah, i i would I would hate it. They um they did the whole interview thing about the new rule, and they brought Kevin Anderson on and John, and they keep asking them questions. They're like, "Oh yeah, what do you think about the new rule?" And it's all. All these questions about, oh yeah, you like you you lost this match last year. You lost this epic long match. You want to talk about it yeah. again and how they changed the rule because of it because of the match you lost. Yeah, I'd be a little salty. I might be too. Except Anderson. Anderson's another player who played really well today. Yeah, and he. he, he I did not see he this. He lost the second set, but mm-hmm. then he won the the third and fourth. Mm-hmm. And it, that's not a bad score line though. Six four. Six seven five seven in the tiebreaker six one six four a six one set in there. You're taking a lot yes. of time off. You're taking a lot of uh. It was still like, a lot a very long match. It was still I think yeah. three hour three hour match. I don't have the time here, but yeah, even but if that match is going that long, like think about if it goes six four. If you're already having that long of a match, that's probably like another yeah. at least it's another at least twenty minutes or something. I would say let's three more games. If the match is going long, like if we averaged it out, I would say 15 to 20 minutes, maybe that's a lot. That's, I mean, anytime you can get at this point, like anytime that you can kind of save in the bank for later, later matches is important. Well, who do, who is Anderson up against next? That that is the question. Do Mm -hmm. we have to wait until tomorrow to find out? We have to wait till tomorrow because this is that day of intersection, right? Mm -hmm. We have, we have some big matches tomorrow though. We have actually, I take that back. Did I say we have some big matches tomorrow? We have the biggest match of the year. We have a big match tomorrow, and we only have one match tomorrow that actually matters, and that is, oh, before we get to that, David Goffin won again. Love to see that. Yes. He won in straight sets. Very, against Jeremy Chardy, who is a good server as well, and on grass. And they love him in, in, in England. Mm-hmm. 6-2, 6-4, 6-3. That's a good... I like to see a nice little score line like that. And then Benoit Paire also getting through after having a decent performance at the French Open, following it up and getting to the third round no, we here. Don't, we don't have to wait yet. It is the third round, so we have Novak against Hercats. 
Okay. Oh that's yeah, that, that's exciting. A, okay. That's a rematch. I mm-hmm. hope that Ergots does better this time. Danil Medvedev against David Goffin. I totally my money is on Danil. My money's on David. Goffin. That's the one time we actually disagree, I think, on this one. No, I'm biased though. I'm also biased. I've been a Danil fan since the beginning. No, uh, so okay, hold on, let me think about this. I think um so Goffin has a little bit more experience at the higher level. Did, not saying Daniil doesn't, but Goffin has gone a little bit deeper in some tournaments. Bigger tournaments, I think, right? Grand Slams. He's he's gotten to a quarters at least, right? I think he might have gone to a quarters, but I think that Daniil also has gotten to the quarters. Okay, maybe they're roughly the same yeah. then. I think that on grass, if Daniil plays, from some of the points that I was seeing today, if Daniil plays and continues to play that way, he'll he'll win the match that way. That's how he's going to win it, is by really getting around his backhand and doing that forehand that he likes out. Yeah, uh, but he even the thing about Danil's backhand is that even that is a is a really really uh versatile shot. Oh yeah, no, he it's hits, a good shot. He hits he can hit so many different things yeah. with it. And he's um It's just that most of modern tennis attacking happens from the forehand. Do, well, yeah, yeah I under, I understand that. Yeah. I don't think of Again, I don't think of I think you you did say that you think that Danil is an attacking player. I don't think of him as an attacking player at okay. all. I think of him as like a defensive counterpuncher. Mm-hmm. He he really You've waits, watched him more than I have waits too. Waits for other play and and that's why you see really really ge- brilliant attacking players yeah. like these are the players that have beaten him soundly this year. Novak, mm-hmm. Roger, I think that Rafa beat him this year too. Those are the players that are having success against him. Yeah. He's 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 playing competitively and winning the the majority of his matches against all the other players yeah. that he's playing against. And Danil beat him and, and sorry and and Dominic beat him in yeah. the final of um yeah. in the in the final of Madrid this year. Let me elaborate real quick. So he I think he has from what you're saying if he is more of a counterpuncher, but what I can see from him is he really does have that ability to take that forehand inside out and really attack with it. Like he can yeah. really do it. He, I would he, like to see him do it. He for a while though. Yeah. He play he'll play like the his average rally I might have mentioned this already but his average rally length is over 9 shots yeah. compared to other players whose average the mm-hmm. other average is like 5. Oh no, the average point on tour ends within like 4 shots. Yeah. Yeah. I'd so, like to see but against David Goffin, you're not going to get it's either going to be a really long long match where they're going to have these long rallies. They're both players that are going to rally really well. Yeah. I would like to see him take that forehand out there because what he was having success against Popperin with that. Yeah. And as he gets better and as he adds that to his game, I think that'll help him out in the longer run to be able to really do that, especially on grass too. I think that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I, I meant. He lost to Simone actually. And he lost in five sets to Air Bear. Yeah. So he hasn't actually been on the hottest streak right now. Mm-hmm. But he started the year off incredibly well. He beat Nishikori yeah. at Barcelona. It was Barcelona where he lost to um where he lost to Dominic. Yeah. And then he lost to Lajovic in the semifinal at Monte Carlo. Mm-hmm. But he's got he's and then he got to the and then he lost to Roger Federer in the Miami Open. Yeah. Mm. Who else? Who else has he lost to this year? Yeah. 
the final of Sofia to Fuskovic, who's still okay. in this. He's a good player. He's a good player. He lost in the fourth round at the Australian Open to Novak Djokovic. He took a set off of him. No, that guy's pretty good. Yeah, Novak, I think, is... I think he's a good player, too. <laughs> okay. Nishikori beat him. Wait, Nishikori? has been... Well, hold on, let me think. I think he's Have pretty good. I think he's pretty good, too. <laughs> We're going back into last year now, though. That's fine. The Swiss indoors, Roger beat him. In Wait, the hold semifinal. on. I think Roger's pretty it's good, Federer, too. The, yeah. I think he's night. a pretty good player, too. He's never gotten a set off of... Uh, no, he did. He got one set off of Federer at the no. Shanghai Masters round of 32. Rochi. Rochi. That's what they call him. Did you see his Vogue interview? 73 no, questions. No, I didn't see it. On Instagram? It's a good interview. I'd definitely check it out. I'll Come on, it. Rog. You got this. That's he, a bad Roger oh, impression. His first final win, I, I'm pretty sure it was his, his first final win, was the Japan Open last year, mm-hmm. and he beat Nishikori in the final. Hold on. Yeah, he's pretty good. That's a pretty good win. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a, that's a match to watch, though. Yeah. And that's on Friday. Yeah. Definitely check that out. All right. So tomorrow we do have some big matches. We have Federer is playing. We have Query versus Rublev. If you want to see Tad's life get ruined, root for Query. If not, if you want to see Tad happy and enjoying that Query, the destroyer of Dominic in this tournament... <laughs> goes down to rublev is another event is a backup singer of the band sunday afternoon <laughs> then tune into that match and then we have oh i clicked the wrong button but we do have the rogers playing we have diego schwartzman's also playing tomorrow and then we have but i mean the big the fritz. big one taylor fritz versus struff which is a good match but the big one is obviously rafa versus curios if you do anything with your life tomorrow check out that match it is the fourth of july i mean anything that's a that's a perfect perfect match to watch on the fourth a very patriotic thing to do i mean you can wear you can wear an american flag or something you know hang it up put on some american glasses all the americans are done playing by like 10 anyway yeah sangren what time is rafa They're gonna be showing sangren oh they go on at eleven fifteen. perfect so you can sleep in. Oh, no, I'm not sleeping in. Have a nice... I'm not talking to you, Lucas. I'm talking to the audience. Audience? Have a nice... <laughs> Lucas is the audience. <laughs> um, have a nice... Fourth of July. afternoon. Fourth of July. Nick Curios. Rafa Nadal. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Anything else, Ted? No, I don't have anything else to say. I never have anything to say. You never... <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Thank you.